All right, boys and girls, welcome to the Monday, April 26th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. It is time to launch another week. We've got a lot to get through, so settle in. As always, we promise to get you in and out in under 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Happy Monday and welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Folgem, I'm Joe Fortenball. This may be the most diverse podcast episode we have rolled out since launching this thing just over a month ago. We've got hoops, we've got baseball, we've got NFL draft props. First round, Thursday night, just three days away. Tyler, let's start with the buckets. The Clippers are laying one and a half, total of 228 and a half in New Orleans to take on the Pelicans tonight. What are you looking for? Yeah, I'm looking at Paul George and his player point prop. It's 29 and a half, and that is a little high. Uh, very little juice, just like that LA 105. But PG has just been on fire as of late. He's got seven of his last eight games going over 30 points, averaging 33 points per game in that time. The matchup with New Orleans is juicy. They're a pretty fast team, 13th in pace, but they're an awful defensive team, 27th in pace. And that could be um, undone. I'm 27th in defensive rating, I should say. Their defense could take a big hit in this matchup because Steven Adams is questionable with a toe, and he's kind of a big anchor in the middle if they don't have him. There is zero rim protection for this team. And then Kawhi Leonard, Luke Kennard, all these guys that would help Paul George in the scoring department, they're out tonight for the L.A. Clippers. We know when one of the big two is out, the other is kind of an automatic lock and load, lock and play type of player. And We've seen Kawhi Leonard out of the lineup a lot lately, and Paul George has answered the bell, been on fire. Again, 30-plus points in seven of his last eight. I see no reason why that doesn't continue with similar circumstances in tonight's matchup against the Pelicans. You and I do a show on ESPN Plus. It's also on uh, ESPN's YouTube channel and uh, their Twitter, Facebook. It's called Bet. We do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific. You've been all over this. Every time Kawhi's out, you go to Paul George. I, I don't know exactly how profitable you've been, but I know it's been profitable because I've been tailing <laughs> it most of the time as well. I'm going to throw two basketball plays at you that I'm looking at tonight. The Jazz are laying 9.5, total 228.5 at Minnesota. I'm going to lay five with Utah in the first half. Big revenge spot, if you believe in that sort of thing, for the Jazz. They lost by five at Minnesota on Saturday. So now these two are going to run it back two days later. In that game on Saturday, the Jazz were as sloppy as can be. They committed 20 turnovers. They ended up taking 10 fewer shots. They actually led the game by 14 after the first quarter and then went on to get blown out. I think you get a much more focused effort tonight. I'll lay the five with the Jazz in the first half who can feel the Suns breathing down their neck for the one seed in the Western Conference. I'm also going to make a play on the Clippers laying six against Sacramento. Similar situation here, but they played each other a little over a week ago. Dallas is playing well. They've won three straight and they were off on Sunday. Sacramento has dropped 11 of 13 and they just lost at Golden State yesterday. So there's a rest advantage here for the Mavericks. Now these two got together eight days ago. Dallas lost by 14. In that game, the Kings shot 46% from deep. They were 22 of 25 from the stripe. They were plus eight in turnovers. Dallas only shot 33% from deep, and they were 13 of 20 from the line. You have those two regress towards the mean a little bit. I like the way Dallas has been playing. I think they cover the six. One third game I'm looking at, and I want your opinion on this because I want you to tell me if I'm crazy or not. Orlando's getting three and a half points from the Lakers in the first quarter tonight. Three and a half. The Lakers are laying 10. Anthony Davis is back. They've been sloppy. He's only playing limited minutes. Orlando is terrible. They're one of the worst first quarter teams in the NBA, but three and a half <laughs> points in the first quarter. Am I nuts to be considering the magic there? 
Uh, yeah, that's that's certifiably insane there. The magic right now <laughs> for me are battling the Oklahoma City Thunder for the best G League rosters currently in the NBA. Like they, they're just wrecked by, they traded away Vucevic, they traded away Fournier, they're wrecked by injury to all their, um, you know, young talent they want to try and develop. It is a mess right now in Orlando. Two teams that I will not bet on the rest of the season and will only bet against whether I win, lose, or draw. It's just, I feel like it's going to be a positive EV outcome is the Orlando Magic and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So no, I will not be putting the three and a half points in my pocket with, uh, the Orlando Magic against the LA Lakers. I personally can't do it. Maybe you got more stones than me, though, my friend. How dare you compare them to Oklahoma City, who's lost 13 straight by an average of 20 a game. 20 a game! <laughs> They're getting beat by during this streak. All right, forget about all that nonsense, and let's move to baseball. Corbin Burns is pitching today for the Milwaukee Brewers. They're minus 175 against the Marlins. What are you thinking here? I want to isolate Corbin Burns because we know he has been – um, almost perfect this season, 40 Beast. strikeouts and 24 innings, not a single walk allowed, which is incredible. He is the biggest threat to Jacob DeGrom winning yet another Cy Young. And it's a legitimate threat. Um, I have a uh, prop on his strikeout total from DraftKings. Got to go over nine and a half versus the Miami Marlins plus 112. So for me, I like that price because of the return. If this ticket cashes and Burns right now is averaging 13.4 strikeouts per nine innings. He's going up against a Marlins team that doesn't scare me offensively. Obviously, he's in his home ballpark. Some of the underlying metrics, though, that really indicate how dominant Burns has been this year. He's got a first strike to 67% of the batters he's faced. Two out of three Whoa. batters he faces, he puts in a 0-1 hole. And when you have the stuff that Burns has, that's why he's not walking anyone. He's ahead of everyone. And he has an elite league-leading 40% chase rate because he's ahead in the count. He's getting guys to chase his stuff out of the zone when he's up 0-1, 0-2, and he's just burying them. So he's averaging 10 strikeouts per start. He's got 40 in four starts. And with an elite K rate and an offense that doesn't scare me, I'll go over nine and a half strikeouts. He get 10 punches in this one and plus 112 on the turn. A return, pardon me. Got to love that with Corbin Burns. The most incredible thing in the betting world right now is to look at Corbin Burns' stats and then find out he is second in odds to win the NL MVP. Second. Like, you would never see stats like that and be like, yeah, there's actually another guy, Jacob deGrom, who's the favorite to win the damn award. That's how great this chase has been early in the season. NFL draft, first round, three days away. We're going to start rolling out some props this week. Uh, for a lot of Vegas shops, for those who may not know this, the props can come down on Wednesday. You might not be able to bet them right up until tip time, as they would say in the NBA. So you might want to try to get ahead of some of this stuff. Tyler and I are each going to release one today. I'm going with Kyle Pitts, draft position under five and a half. Heavily juiced at minus 170 for Caesars William Hill. I've seen it as high as minus 220, minus 225 at some shops. Uh, essentially, he has to go in the first five picks for me to win this bet. I don't see it happening one or two. I don't see it happening three, but I will say this. I think there's going to be some hype this week for the Niners to take Pitts at three. I'm not saying it happens. I think that conversation is going to begin happening, though. The conversation is going to happen. I think that's going to alter the price. I think Atlanta at four is the destination. And then if he slips all the way to five where Cincinnati is, they need O-line help. They like Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. But if Pitts is there, he would be in play as well. Minus 170, under five and a half. Right now, Kyle Pitts, under five and a half is my top selection for the draft. I just wanted to talk about it at least a little bit today before the price moves because that's what I see happening. What are you thinking right now? Yeah, 
Yeah, understood. I think it's most likely he goes in those top five picks. It'd kind of be a shock if he falls out of that. Although it's certainly possible if Atlanta surprises by wanting to go quarterback and then yeah. um, the Bengals have the choice of Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, or Kyle Pitts. I can see them wanting the left tackle position, which is the most valuable of those three, or the guy who's already played with Joe Burrow and is you know almost as good a prospect at wide receiver in Jamar Chase. So I think more than likely, though, Atlanta – um, finds him or Cincinnati might be able to trade back a spot or two if a team sitting at you know seven or eight wants to get Kyle Pitts and, and move up um, and, and see whichever like you know offensive tackle falls to them or wide receiver they can get um, some value on as well. I w- wanted to attack a draft prop that I've been looking at for months now because I just love the price and the potential return for something I think is way more likely than the odds would indicate. Javante Williams, the running back out of North Carolina, to be the first running back taken in the draft plus five fifty. Now, Najee Harris is the guy who is the uh, overwhelming favorite on, uh, you know, in the Vegas market at minus 170. And he is a great prospect for good reason. We know Alabama backs have traditionally transitioned well to the National Football League. But running back is such a unique position to try and handicap because of the way that it's valued currently in the NFL. You don't really want to spin a first round pick on a running back. You'd like to wait at least until the back end of the first round or in the second round um, at this position because of the way it's valued right now. Javante Williams, though, has all the juice that uh, someone like Najee Harris does. He doesn't have the size of Harris, but he has the pop and the power. He runs with quickness and great burst. He was just unstoppable last year for UNC, racking up 22 total touchdowns, um, 19 on the ground, three through the air. And that's something he brings to the table like Najee Harris. He's a very capable pass catcher out of the backfield. And he's just built, I think, uh, more traditionally, a little smaller, a little more compact. Najee Harris is long and lean, and those running backs sometimes struggle to uh, make make it to the National Football League or transition as well. I think Harris will be a good running back. I just think, and I've seen others echo this sentiment in the scouting community, that Javante Williams is the best running back prospect in this draft class. So to get a price of plus 550 on Javante Williams compared to the other favorites of Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, we saw last year Clyde Edwards-Elair be the first back off the board because he was a scheme specific fit to Kansas city. And I think Javante Williams can be a scheme specific fit to certain teams that are looking for a running back like the Pittsburgh Steelers, not to say that Najee Harris isn't, but I think Javante Williams is just as much a scheme specific fit to the Pittsburgh Steelers as Najee Harris. And that price discrepancy, I'll take the plus five fifty over the minus minus one seventy every single time, because to me, it's closer to a coin flip than those odds would indicate. There you go. That's it. He's Tyler Folgem. I'm Joe Fortenball. Check us out alongside Doug Kazarian today, ESPN2 on Daily Wager from 6 Eastern to 7 Eastern. You can also catch Tyler and I on Bet Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. It's on ESPN's Twitter channel, their Facebook page. It's also on our YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash ESPN Sports Betting. And you can also check it out on ESPN+. Plus, under 10 minutes as promised. If you get the opportunity, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps us tremendously. We hope you've been enjoying the show. Back tomorrow. Good luck to everybody tonight.